Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying your week. We're about to get you prepared for week 11. This is where the rubber meets the road. We got a lot of matchups this week that may literally determine some of our playoff fates. So we're definitely going to make sure that we give it all we got to make sure that you get the success that you're tuning in to get. As always, I got my main man, Young Vander, on the line with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at them, Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Hey, bonjour, Kenichi. Good day, eh? Hola, como esta? Good day, mate. Utentech. And what's popping to my people right here? Let's go ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. First up, Mr. Baker Mayfield has indicated that he feels more broken up and more hurt than he ever has at this point in the season in his NFL career. So I'm going to pose a simple question. Is it legit or bullshit? Because I, for one, I think I'm calling bullshit. You finally got your wish. You no longer have to worry about OBJ. You get the opportunity to shine. You get the opportunity to be the, the biggest voice in the room. And I believe that Baker Mayfield is going to fall flat on his face. Yes, he does have a couple of injuries, but who doesn't at this point in the season? I, I just don't believe Baker Mayfield is it. Is it? Is you think it's le- it's a legit excuse, or it's just uh, literally just that an, an excuse for his poor play? Yeah, I think it's legit. I mean, he's had at least what four injuries. Not even about being on the injury report, but came out designated with having those injuries from the labrum to the the knee. He's had several injuries, and I don't see it ever changing. His play is horrendous, but he's definitely hurt. I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield as, as a QB, but, I mean, if you look at the numbers, he has played a lot better without OBJ, but I do think the injuries are starting to pile on a little bit and, and does have an effect on his play. I mean, he's already not that good, so you take someone that's hurt right. and not <laughs> that good, you're going to get what you got, you know what I mean? So I guess I'll buy it. All I can say is if Cleveland decides to extend this man's contract, you get what you got. You 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 knew full well going into it that he ain't it. So, but the thing is this also, right? You know, QBs don't grow on trees. True. So if they decide not to extend them, what Case way do Keaton we go? Case was better than them. Yeah, but what way do we go now? I mean, that's, this is an organization that has probably had 20 starters in the last 20 years. You know what I mean? True. So what's next? If, if, if we spent this draft pick on this guy, and we don't extend them. Where do we go from here? 
you hope that you end up in an Arizona type situation. And they went straight from Rosen, who they had just spent the, I think the number one overall, was he number one, number two when he went? I think he might have been number one. And then turned right around when they realized that it didn't work and went to Kyler Murray. And I was looking like they may be a, a Super Bowl contender. I mean, like sometimes you just got to rip the bandaid off and admit you made a mistake and keep it moving versus trying to fix what should have never been. I don't see Baker as being a quarterback that you can ever depend on to win the game for you. Right. Um, but in all honesty, Case Keenum runs that system better, this defensive system, and he's actually had uh, more time in it than Baker. So, yeah, I would cross my fingers and hope I can land a, a Aaron Rodgers or one of these type guys in the free agency because this yeah, team is facts. this team is built to win now. Facts. You know what I, mean? I so, mean, Aaron Rodgers would be perfect. I think he's kind of flirting with Pittsburgh. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting offseason, y'all. I mean, hell. Matt lukewarm water Ryan can go to the uh, Cleveland uh, Browns and be just fine. I mean, he, he'd have more talent there than than what he has down in Atlanta. Much better O line, so he wouldn't have to worry about being on his behind every other place. So. Hey, real quick before we move on, Joe, and you may know this: Are there any teams out there available or able to sign both Adams and Rogers? Because somebody Money can maybe wild. get a package deal and bring them both in. I know they probably both would be happy with with, with that. So is there any teams out there that can land both of these guys financially? Let's take a look. Now, if you're the Cleveland Browns and you can land Rodgers yeah. and Adams, we're you talking about Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, this is this is a Super Bowl team now. So for the 2022 season, right now as it stands, we have at the top Denver, Miami, Washington, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Jets, and then even the Raiders to kind of end up in the top 10 as far as the cap space. What's the cap number? What's the, the, the guy that's at the top? How much do they have cap space do they have? It's showing projected that Denver has uh, $79 million. Oh, oh yeah. wow. That's enough. That's perfect. That, that's, <laughs> that, 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 I mean, because think about it. That's exactly what Elway likes to do. Br- bring in the guy that he don't have to teach anything. They're going to need, uh, in my opinion, they're going to need another outside wide receiver. Remember, Sutton is a free agent, so they may not bring him back. That's 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 money that they can literally get the money that, you know, you got to throw a few more dollars in there. But what yeah. Sutton was making, get that to Adams, and then you already needed a QB. I but mean, those, you already those have two a guys are going to take up all of that because you're going to need about, laying both of these dudes, you're probably going to need about 75. Because I know Rogers is going to be pushing that 50 million mark. You know, he's going to be trying to push that close to it. He want to be up there to the highest paid, and then Adams want to be the highest paid receiver. Which but you can set up the contract. You can set up the contracts as such that they don't hit the cap the same at the yeah. same time. So you can kind of finagle it with because you got to think about it. A lot of the people on their team right now, the reason they have so much cap space is a lot of them are still on their rookie deals. So mm-hmm. maybe you give you know Adams a, a four year. You're going to be here until you're out of the league, and then you give you know Rogers a two year. And maybe you start paying Adams his big money once Rodgers is going. Something like that. It would have to be something like that. They'd have to finagle the contracts around to make sure they still have enough money to pay other people. But, I mean, that that would be a phenomenal landing spot. I mean, if I'm a GM, I'm booking both of those guys on the same day. Right. I'm I'm actually doing a joint. This is going to be a joint interview. You know how you get these jobs and they do like an interview. and A panel, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. I'm going to have them both of y'all in. What we doing? What we doing, man? I need both of y'all. It makes you know perfect I mean? sense for both yeah. of them to go there, though, for real. And and then you don't have to worry about the, oh, the first few games I got to get to know my team, so we're going to look a whole lot worse than we actually are. Right. Nah, he got his guy. Right. 
Can you imagine what Jerry Judy would look like with Aaron Rodgers throwing on the ball? Yeah, I mean, my and, and and no offense. Well, yeah, yeah, it's good facts. for everybody. You know what I mean? It's definitely good for everybody. Kickers aren't normally something that we speak a lot about, but in this particular case, this kicker is very much fantasy relevant. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship is on IR indefinitely. He had the hip injury that was plaguing him, and for the foreseeable future, Mike Bagley will be the kicker for Indy. So keep that in mind. Um, we got Eno Benjamin, the running back from Arizona. He's been limited by a groin issue. Um, we know Edmonds is out with the – Chase Edmonds is out with the – high ankle sprain probably another few weeks. I think this kind of brings them down to Connor or Bust. I, I don't even know if there is an additional fantasy relevant uh, running back behind Benjamin unless they go pick them up from somewhere. That would be a shame for that team to end up falling down based on not having running back production. And I know we were talking a few weeks ago about how Connor is kind of tearing it up right now based on the fact that he doesn't have as much work as what Pittsburgh was putting on him. But based on health, he may end up having that exact same workload that normally leads to him being injured. So that's definitely going to be a situation to monitor there. Colt McCoy is also injured uh, from Arizona. So if we're talking about Chase Edmonds, hey, man, you got the perfect feeling right now. Le'Veon Bell just got released by the Ravens. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I, I don't know if he's the perfect feeling or not. I mean, I mean, for I mean, as far as like have the same type of style, like receiving okay. back, you know, what I mean, they can catch the ball, you know, out of the backfield and line up at receiver, things like that. Maybe uh, you kick the tires on Ty Gurley. I mean, Bell, Bell's been in camp and been released from a team that's on like their fifth running back. So maybe maybe he ain't got it no more. But he actually, you know, the last couple, he's starting like he's back in football shape. If you watch the last game, Le'Veon, he was starting to look back like himself. As far as uh, the way he was maneuvering in the hole when he get the ball, things like that. So he started to look more like himself. But I think with a team like Arizona, I mean, there's a lot more spacing on the field. That's true. And he's a running back that needs space. I think he could very well fit in. I mean, I mean, think about it. He's not going to come in and be the man. But if you need that third running back, I'd really go with him than Gurley. If you want to chase, chase. Now, if we bring in both. Chase, you only got one to... running back right now. Yeah. Bring in both of them. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, you're chasing a championship this year. The last thing you want, I mean, your your worst case scenario is you need to have running backs that at least already know your system, so that way they aren't trying to learn it in the playoffs. Should someone get hurt, I, I would definitely not um, just assume that everyone's going to get back to normal sooner than later. Um, if I was Arizona, because you don't get too many years like this. This could be their 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 year. So I'm sure their GM is uh, well aware how, how easy it is for a running back to go down, but if Connor goes down, you got nothing. So get go grab somebody. We have Gerald Everett, Seattle tight end. He's still tending to his groin injury. Alex Collins, uh, Seattle, he logged a limited practice on Wednesday. So he's heading towards a return. Uh, normally with Alex Collins, um, he makes a, a decent bi-week flex or injury fill-in. As long as he's going, um, there's a pretty good chance that he may end up, uh, you know, with 40, 50 yards and a touchdown, something in that vein. DK Metcalf had no practice on Wednesday due to a foot injury. It is not noted that he is doubtful or in doubt for this week or anything of that nature, but just something to monitor. He did have a foot injury um, that caused him not to practice. DeAndre Hopkins is still sidelined. This is actually now kind of going the direction that we thought it might a few weeks ago where 
they're just going to say, let's keep you on the shelf until after the bye week, which is what it's looking like. Their bye is week 12. So they have this week and then he'll have an additional week and it should kind of put him in prime position to lead them forward throughout the rest of this elongated season. Now that we have the 17 games versus the 16, Kyler Murray was still limited with his ankle injury in Wednesday's practice, but he did practice a little bit last week as well. If I'm Arizona, I don't know if I go ahead and trot him out there or if I go ahead and give him his week, especially with Colt McCoy being out with that chest injury as well. I don't even know who their third string quarterback is, but would you guys go ahead and, you know, put Kyler Murray on out there, even though he's been out for the last two weeks and you have a bye coming up next week? Or, or would you kind of play the role of the, you know, cautionary and uh, try to keep a little bit more bubble wrap on him for as long as you can? Yeah, I would just go ahead and let him rest through the bye. I mean, him and um, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, it just makes more sense. Why keep him out for the last couple of games and then the bye is next week and then you play him before the bye? Like, do you think that, that that's what they would do or is, or is that you're just saying that that's what you would do? I mean, that's what I would do. I think Kyler Murray has a better chance to get on the field before DeAndre does. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I think he was at practice yesterday, uh, which he did practice a little bit last week. Yeah, he did. Hopkins so, hasn't practiced at all, so he's correct. definitely, um, you know. So Kyle is definitely closer. I know you don't want to try to maybe get behind too much. You know, you won't lose too many games. But I think it just makes more sense to to just take it on in, man. Make sure this guy's 100%. Now, if he's already feeling 100%, then that's cool. But if he say, you know, probably about 80, 85, just go ahead and, and take it through the week. The quote was, um, he's he's out there moving around pretty good, and he's close. I'm pretty close, is, is was the direct quote. 99 and a half won't do. Um, right. <laughs> I need, especially for this guy in the position that you're in, um, and the way he utilizes his legs more so than a lot of other quarterbacks, um, those lower extremity injuries can kind of affect this team a little bit more than what it would uh, a Tom Brady-led team or even an Aaron Rodgers-led team to where they, they don't actually need their legs in order to produce their numbers. Right. A few more injuries to go over right quick. We have Josh Jacobs, who was limited in practice with a knee injury. Damian Williams gets back on the practice field in Chicago, so... Now they have their full complement of running backs available. Do we think that this is going to be a big knock on David Montgomery now that there's going to, there could be at least a full committee between Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert, and David Montgomery? Oh, man. Um, I was kind of looking forward to seeing a sign of it last week, but it looked like they, they really didn't. I think Khalil Herbert didn't get much time. It looked like they just let you know David Montgomery be the man. So... It doesn't look like quite a committee like I thought it would. I think he'll still probably get maybe 70% of the, whatever the shares are, and then they may chop up the, the other 30 to the other guys, but I don't think it'd be a committee. Okay. From what from last week showing, it doesn't look like one. You got a couple of players that had a few issues going on in Baltimore. Uh, Latavius Murray, he was limited in his return to practice, but he has returned to practice, so um, maybe Murray will be back in the game, and it'll be kind of a a two-headed monster between him and Freeman at this point. Um, you have Marquise Brown, who didn't practice on Wednesday. He has a thigh issue. Um, Brown is kind of, you know, here or there. So he a lot of times when, you know, once he gets nicked up, you know, you may miss him for a couple of weeks. So definitely monitor that. Devontae Adams was able to get into practice. Uh, he had an issue 
with his looks like he had an issue with his shoulder. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was an unparticipant in practice due to a toe issue. It looks like Green Bay is just kind of trying to make sure that their guys stay fresh. Also, Alan Lazard's shoulder and David Batiari with his knee were all sideline and practice so it sounds like green bay is just trying to keep everybody healthy which green bay could actually be i i, I can't even label them as dark horse but they're really kind of rounded in the form their defense is where it needs to be and in all honesty the elephant in the room is this roster isn't nearly as bad as aaron Rodgers would like to make it seem and without the defense that the gm drafted they wouldn't be in the position that they're in right now even without zaire alexander um their defense has been showing and proving against some pretty tough offenses so m- maybe you know, Rogers, although he didn't get the ingredients or the groceries that he wanted, a pretty good meal has been prepared for him. So maybe he might want to kind of, you know, rethink his stance on what's what. Look at what's available in this draft and in this offseason. You may be able to put together your Super Bowl team without moving anywhere, but that's going to be, you know, it's going to be several people that have to kind of swallow a pretty big pill in order for that ship to have not sailed already couple more injuries here and then we will be diving into the rapid fire tent uh, we got jeremy mcnichols tennessee who's dealing with concussion uh, it hasn't been determined whether or not he's going to be good to go for the week Nikhil harry who really isn't all that fantasy relevant this year he has a knee injury donovan peoples jones who is now the number two wide receiver in cleveland he was limited in practice uh, due to a growing injury and these groin injuries and these calf injuries have really been plaguing NFL players this year. So that may be one more person that Cleveland doesn't have. Meanwhile, they were getting rid of wide receivers. So Allen Robinson, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. So he wasn't able to practice on Wednesday. And it's not something that's going to hamper him for weeks, but it isn't something that you don't want to pay attention to. I mean, that makes sense. So he, he it looks like he may have avoided a major injury, but uh, he may or may not go this week. Also, real quick with the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson did leave practice for a non-COVID illness. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, this I don't think it's nothing third crazy. Time, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? I'm taking from <laughs> it, and my brother's this way, right? You know, you got those kind of like sickly people, mm-hmm. like they just always getting like little sick, little bug right around this time of the season, mm-hmm. little cold the weather I, change and all yeah, that. Kind of, yeah, I, I think he kind of falls in that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it's nothing serious. I think he's just one of them kids that when this time of the year happens, he's gonna be down. You know what I mean? For a little while. Like, it's just one of those things that some people, my brother's that way. He always get that little sickness around this time of the year for some mm-hmm. reason. Comes out of nowhere. And I, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's nothing really serious or maybe no kind of excuse to mispractice. I don't think that. I don't, I don't take that from it. But three times in one season already and we only halfway through? Yeah. I, well, I, I want to say it's three times, but I know for sure it's been at least twice. Maybe you're right, but that, that just kind of struck me as interesting because like it's yeah. it's been multiple times already in a half of a season. So. Whatever it is, I hope they kind of get it under wrap. Yeah, I think he, I think he's cool, man. I don't think it's nothing to be uh, alarm anything alarming. Jared Goff is uncertain about week eleven due to an oblique issue that he's having. Um, so he's uncertain whether or not he's going to go in that game against Cleveland. Um, so that's something to monitor. I, if Jared Goff is your quarterback, then you probably aren't listening to fantasy shows like this and you probably <laughs> not paying too much attention to fantasy yeah. in general at week 11 because you're pretty much done. But uh, just throwing that out there, maybe in the two quarterback league or something, you know, you had to, you know, scrape the bottom of the barrel and that's what you found. But he, he may or may not go to the oblique injury. And Alvin Kamara is 
back in practice, uh, limited in his return uh, with the knee injury. But it does look like Alvin Kamara is going to be able to go for the Saints in week 11. So those are the last two injury updates that we had. Now, let's go ahead and hit up that rapid fire 10. And now, rapid fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Rapid fire 10, man. Let's get right into it, man. It's week 11. Who do I start out of the two? First, we got Dearness Johnson or A.J. Dillon. I'm definitely still rolling with Dillon, man. I, I think he's going to definitely go off. I like Dillon as well. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to get the most volume or should get the most volume at least because I don't the guy Taylor behind Dylan he he looks like just the guy so I'm pretty sure Dylan's going to be in there on almost every now you know and in my league I have both of these guys right and I'm be honest with you of course I have AJ Dylan is going to be starting for me but if Chubb is out another week I may very well may play Dearness in front of him playing against Detroit if I'm Chubb is out absolutely absolutely I, I agree with you if Chubb is out but I, I but I didn't see Chubb anywhere in Cleveland's injury report as far as there being any type of a, a, a chance of him not playing this week. Um, well, he hasn't so. been cleared of the of, of COVID yet. He's, oh, that's, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's, that's right. why he, yeah, he, st- he wasn't at practice. Like he still hasn't been cleared off the list yet. In, in the earnest situation, he might legit be the best offensive player on the field if Chubb doesn't go because Baker ain't there. Yeah. And he's probably still going to try to be out there. Yeah, so in the news, they were just saying it was kind of alarming that you know, Chubb wasn't clear kind of right away. So everybody's trying to figure out, like, what's going on. So something to uh, monitor uh, going into the weekend, uh, especially by – I think Thursday will definitely be a thing. Friday for sure, but Thursday practice. Watch. Let's see if he's clear. All right, cool. We got Dante Foreman or Mike Davis. Believe it or not, Foreman seems to be the guy that the Titans are looking to lean on. So McNichols has the concussion. We're we not sure if he's going to go. Peterson just, it looks like he forgot how to run. Like, I mean, he's running straight up, getting tackled as soon as he gets touched. He's not the Peterson of old. So Foreman may get a significant amount of volume. So I, I think I may lean that way. Also, fantasy fiends, be aware that Foreman is playing against his old team Sunday. So some revenge may be in the air. Yeah, the fact that it's uh, Houston, that also helps. So. <laughs> right. I play him in DFS. He's my flex. Absolutely, yeah. All right, we got Marcus Johnson or Jalen Waddle. Waddle is the the guy that if I'm projected to lose, I'll probably go with him because he can pop off. Johnson, I mean, he had a, 100 yards last game. He's definitely the fill-in for Julio Jones on the Titans. So if I need a hold-it-in-the-road guy, you don't have to worry about your, the, your low lows, if you will, as far as Johnson is concerned. But if I need the guy with the highest ceiling, I would definitely run with Waddle. Yeah, I want I want parts of Waddle this week. Oh, we got Cole Komet or Adam Trotman. Trotman has been been becoming a uh, a favorite target now of the Saints uh, quarterback Trevor Simeon. Um, so I think I may run with Trotman on this. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Trotman as well. Komet is going against the Ravens, and I think it's a good opportunity. But I'm gonna hot, ride the hot hand too. Yeah, they both got uh, really good matchups. Uh, New Orleans is playing the Eagles, am I right? Yep, they're playing the Eagles. All right, and, I, and they're like the worst in the league against the tight end. So another DFS play. Joe Flacco or Baker Mayfield? I'm going with Flacco. <laughs> I'm going with Flacco. 
Hopefully, hopefully that's just a two quarterback league issue. Because outside of that, I mean, go yeah, ahead I'm and mail in the season. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go with Flacco too. And that's right, sad, got, man. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> we got Michael Carter or Miles Gaskins. Carter, give me Carter. A- as you've noted, <laughs> several weeks over, Miami's run game just ain't it this year. And Carter seems to be getting better and better by the week. He's definitely a weapon for them, not just a running back. So you don't have to worry about him being uh, scripted out of the game if they end up behind, which is likely. But yeah, give me, give me Carter. <sighs> We're gonna keep being on the same page <laughs> too. I like Gaskins, but like you said, Carter is really coming into form to be the uh, running back that I titled him to be. So yeah. All right, we got. Super Cam Newton or Justin Fields? Hmm. I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I think he's going to get it done for some reason. I don't know. So I was going to go that route, but I'm going to play devil's advocate just so that our listeners had the opportunity to kind of hear both sides of the story on this one. So for me, I believe that in Cam Newton's first full start, if he legit has to run the ball every play and get two touchdowns just because he literally ran it from the 20 of one uh, side of the field into the end zone on the other, this would be the, this would be the game that I would say that you can count on him minimally getting a touchdown, probably two touchdowns. I don't know that Chicago, especially if Robinson doesn't go, not that Robinson has been a world beater, but, if now I can hone in on your number two wide receiver and you're basically just depending on David Montgomery to pull you through, I can see how that could be a bad game script fantasy points wise for Fields. So um, that's the reason that I would probably run it out there with Cam. Washington's defense hasn't been playing all that great. Chase Young is out for the season. He got, you know, carted off last week. So. I expect their defense to actually be even worse than what it's been. So this is the type of team that Cam will go out there and beat up on and act like he should be an MVP candidate. And then he'll go back to what he normally is probably the week after we got to that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, with Phil, just to keep it simple, I, I think he's getting into that Jalen Hurts territory where each week you can expect at least 20 fantasy points from him. And Baltimore is just the bottom defense this year. Which is crazy that I can't even say something. Yeah, they're giving, it is. They're giving up 372 yards a game, and I think he's going to get them the same way Lamar gets his opposition. He's going to capitalize on the ground, and even though he don't have remarkable weapons outside with Allen possibly being out, he has Mooney, he has a uh, Demir Bird, and he has Godwin. I think one of them are going to be lucky enough to catch it. I think at least both of them catch a touchdown. He finds a third on the ground. All right, I like this one. We got Elijah Moore. Or Jarvis Landry. Give me Elijah, Elijah Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I think Joe Flacco is is made for his skill set. Absolutely. Because he's going to so hit him with that bomb. Anybody that, that makes Joe Flacco look good will get targets. And Elijah right. Moore has made Joe Flacco look good. So, yeah. Another DFS play, guys. He's pretty cheap out there. Yep. And uh, man, we Flacco, got, stack him. Hey. Go hard everywhere else. We got Kadarius Tony or Tyler Boyd. I'm going to take Tony on this one just because it's a lot less miles to feed. I think I'm going to go with Boyd. I love Tony, but uh, all of those receivers with the Giants are playing a little bit anemic right now. You don't know who's the hot hand. He didn't do too well last game either. None of their receivers did well. 
Um, but Boyd is, for whatever reason, he's getting a lot of the third and tens, third and eights. And I think this is a good game for um, Burrow to go off, actually. Okay, last but not least, there's been an Antonio Gibson sighting last week. So we have Antonio <laughs> right. Gibson or Josh Jacobs. Give me Josh. Josh Jacobs is, whenever he's not injured, he's normally pretty productive. They don't have much behind him. Drake hasn't really done a whole lot unless Jacobs was absent. So I think I'm gonna run. I think I'm gonna run Josh out there. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Josh too. And that concludes our rapid fire ten. Rapid fire ten. All right, let's get into the main topic for today. We have your week eleven matchup. First matchup on the docket is going to be uh, the game from this evening. You have New England going up against Atlanta. This game has a forty-seven point over under, and New England is favored by six and a half points. It looks like the predicted score is New England thirty-one, Atlanta seventeen. Man, I think it's going to be a really good game for Damian Harris to really get it going against that run defense. It is horrible. On the other side of it, too, uh, looking at wide receivers, uh, finally, we can say that my boy finally got a touchdown last week. I was <laughs> Myers, surprised. yeah. And I think yeah. that can only continue. I think he's going to have another touchdown in this game as well. Switching over to the Falcons. Um, I don't like anybody, honestly, because, you know, I don't. they're going to get pits out of the game. So I think after that, it's just nobody on the other side of the ball. I'm trying to figure out where Atlanta going to get 17 points from. <laughs> I mean, is is cool gonna go out there and hit five field goals a day or something like that? Maybe Patterson's actually gonna play. Oh well, I'm just trying to figure out where they're gonna get 17 points from. <laughs> uh, but nah, uh, I agree with Joe. Uh, I definitely like uh, Harris. Hell, I even think we may see another another Stevenson uh, showing. You know, later in the uh, game, once the game's probably away, he probably still come in and he probably get him and vulture him a touchdown. Do you think that this is now going to be a two-headed monster and Harris won't put up the numbers that he was prior to his injury? Because it looks like they could literally be 1A, 1B versus it being all Harris and not much of Stevenson. So you guys think that Harris is still that guy? I think Harris is still the guy. I don't think it's quite a two-headed monster. But in a game like this, like Joe was saying, Atlanta is so horrible against the run. You know, Bill's the type of guy, like, when he when he see you down, he's going to kick you. You know right. what I mean? So. True. I could very well have seen having both of them boys having fun tonight. You know what I mean? But moving forward, I do still think Damon is the 1A out of this group. Gotcha. Like it. Like it. We have the Dolphins going up against the Jets. Uh, this game has a 44.5 point over under. The Jets are the underdogs by 3.5 points. The predicted score is 27-25. Oh, man. Um, hey, it's turn back the clock. You know what I'm saying? We got Joe Flacco in the fold. I actually – like this game for Joe Flacco because I mean, if you're going to get a start, why not start against the Dolphins, a team they're not good against the run. Well, the stats say they're not good against the pass, but as of late, the Dolphins' defense has been playing pretty good. So it's going right. to be interesting to see if they can continue uh, defensively to play as well as the plan. And Zayvon Howard starting to come back on. Maybe he's a lot more healthier. So, uh, but I do like the kid Elijah more in this game. Due to maybe an Xavier Howard, maybe following around a Corey Davis or something like that. I do think uh, Michael Carter will also see a lot of catches out of the backfield in this game also. So um, I think this game may actually be closer than people. That's only three points. The Jets are coming in as the Jets, but I really think the Jets have an opportunity to, to upset the Dolphins. And they're at home, too. You know, Miami doesn't play quite as well on the road 
as they do at home. So you got the Texans going up against the Titans. This game is a 10-point spread with Houston obviously being the underdog. 44.5 point over under. I'm not exactly sure how Houston could get this score. But the predicted score is four to thirty-eight. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that would go. But in other words, Houston is is not going to do very much more than a field goal is what the predicted score is indicating. So um, you say they that, can get four points. Yeah, the, the predicted score was four, uh, four for Houston and thirty-eight. Yeah, Tennessee. Two. Two safeties. Why not? Okay. Well, you know, you'd have to have a defense for that. So that's why I threw safety out to begin with. <laughs> if you have cooks, then run him out there because he's going to be getting the ball thrown to him the entire game. Outside of cooks, I don't see anybody on Houston. Um, in Tennessee, you know, start him if you got him. Your Johnsons of the world, Brown, Deontay Foreman, even your Jeff Swain at tight end. If, if you're stuck at tight end, Jeff Swain may be all right to roll out. No, I agree with totally everything you said, man. Start your Tennessee Titans. Definitely, I like Deontay Foreman in this game going against his old team. He's going to be motivated. He should fall in the end zone. And not a fan of anybody, Houston, offensively. But if you do, do expect Cooks to get double-digit targets this game. Other than that, not much to say. Now, there is one thing I want you to address, Barry, that kind of applies to Houston, uh, maybe a Detroit, maybe a Washington. Well, yeah, maybe Washington football team, just depending on, you know, their mind frame. But what do you do when key players or key fantasy players of yours are on teams that aren't in the hunt? They may not have their heart in it anymore. And, you know, it, it, it may be a case of, well, my starters may get set the entire fourth quarter. I may not get much, you know, going at all for the rest of the season because I'm trying to see what some of these younger guys who we have to make decisions on are going to do. Um, but how do you identify those guys? And then what do you do with them if you got them? Or do you just kind of keep your fingers crossed? What, what do you do with that? Okay. Uh, for instance, we got like the Detroit Lions. Uh, and it's an 0 and 18. You got to pay attention to the rumblings, I think. Also, um, and it's been a lot with Jared Goff now saying that he may be replaced. And uh, he has an injury, so they, they may use that excuse. Even more of a, you know what I'm saying, thing to pay attention to. I think if you're in a league, and like in my league, we have a trade deadline in two days. Right. So if your trade deadline is approaching, I think if you're one of these guys and you have a, a DeAndre Swift or one of these guys that you've been counting on to maybe win your league for you, this may be a very good time to – move along from these guys and grab somebody else that can maybe help you down the stretch. A lot of these teams are going to, I don't want to use the word tank, but they're going to fold, they, they're going to tuck their tail and just say, hell, we'll we look at next season. You know what I mean? So you start to see the golfs of the world not come back. We already hear some things in uh, Philadelphia where they say, I mean, Philadelphia still seem like they're in the hunt, but there's been rumbling saying, Garner Minshew couldn't very well see some time this year. So there's a couple teams that people are saying, you will see such and such, and such play this year. When you hear those kind of things with these teams, players that's built around the quarterback or position that's in place, you may want to move along from that player and find someone else that can help you down the stretch because you hate to get down the stretch. You're counting on uh, Jalen Hurts. He's your quarterback. And then it's week 14 or something. They're like, oh, we're going to let Garner Minshew go and see what he got. And now you're sitting there with, you know, like figuring out what's going on. And the same I say, like with Detroit, no one's depending on golf as their quarterback, I'm sure. Maybe 52 quarterback league, you know what I mean? But uh, 
like I said, a guy like a DeAndre Swift or someone of that nature, you may get some return on uh, because if this team is 0-14, I don't see them playing Swift, you know, down the stretch of the season, risking year-long injury to return next year. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why I say these things. Like, you got these key players that's really good. You don't want to risk – these teams don't want to risk injury if they know their team are not going anywhere. So definitely that's something you want to keep in mind with a lot of these teams in the league. Makes sense. Makes sense. With that being said, the next matchup is the Lions versus the Browns. Uh, with this one, you have an 11 and a half point spread with Cleveland being the favorite and a 43 and a half point total. The predicted score is Detroit 13, Cleveland 33. Is this going to be a get right game for Cleveland that you actually may want to start Baker Mayfield? I don't even feel comfortable saying it. Is this is this the game that he pisses you off even more because it's the one time of the year that you should have started him and you didn't based on everything else that he did? Or I want to start the running backs with the Cleveland Browns, whoever that guy is, uh, if it's Nick Chubb or Dearness Johnson. Uh, not really saying Baker per se. I think he's going to pound these guys out. It's going to be the uh, defense and the, and the and the running backs that put up points this game. Basically. Right, right. I'm starting to kick it. I don't want. To, I don't want nobody <laughs> with it. <laughs> start the kicker, huh? That may be how Detroit get all that. I mean, they haven't been scoring touchdowns, so that that may be legit. Honestly, I mean, like, like you said, don't think is Dearness that's working for them, and I just think it's a it's going to be a slow paced game. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout. You got the football team going up against the Panthers. With this game, there's a three and a half point spread, 43 point total. Carolina Panthers are predicted to get 23 points with Washington getting 18 points. What do we like in this one? To be honest, in this game, I'm not a fan of Washington in this game. Carolina's a pretty decent defense. You're going to have Stephon Gilmore chasing Terry McLaurin around, I'm sure. Antonio Gibson had a good game last week, but this uh, Carolina front has been pretty good against the run. But it's, it's interesting, right? Because Taylor Heineke is a former Carolina Panther. Right. It can be. So there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of revenge. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of going on in this game. So emotions will be high. But I, I'm not a fan of anybody on the Washington side at all. I think you, Cam Newton, I still want to see more before I put it out there. So, I mean, if you, if you, you know, have no choice but to start Cam in your league, then, you know, start him. He's a starting quarterback. But I kind of want to see more because he did score a couple times on the, with the legs last week, mm-hmm. but I still wasn't satisfied with what his arm looks like. You know what I mean? So I can agree with that. And if Ron, if anybody knows Cam, Ron Rivera should. That that's very true. Even though the defense isn't is the defense of old of last year, but let's just see how it goes. But uh, definitely fire up, you know, McCaffrey. But that's pretty much it that I like in this ball game. We got the 49ers that are going up against the Jaguars. This is a six point spread with the 49ers being the favorites. It's a 45-point over-under. Damn. Obviously, we're going to go with Devo, Kittle. That's off the bat. We're going to go with all the 49ers. We're going to fire them all up. Honestly, the only person you could say is probably Marvin Jones. Uh, I don't know about James Robinson. I usually love him against uh, tough defenses to at least get a touchdown. But I don't think it's the 49ers. That's a good bet this week. I'm sitting him. Real quick. Um I know some of y'all probably caught the primetime game last week with um, but this boy Debo, man. He different. He a running back. <laughs> I mean, we all yeah. always said this. You know, he's a running back playing wide receiver. Yep, absolutely. And, and he get this ball in space, man. That yak is just it was so funny. I've never seen I don't know if y'all if y'all watched the first half of this game. I've never seen this many toss plays ever ran in any game in the history of football. I mean, the whole first quarter it was toss right, toss left, toss right, toss left. Toss right. Shanahan was just straight running the ball. 
making that defense tight, keeping Stafford on the sideline. Really good uh, scheme they came up with, but it was just it was just just running toss plays the whole time. Yeah, that was definitely a very interesting uh, defensive and offensive concepts that were going on in that game. It, the thing that's going to surprise me is if you continue to use Debo that way, whether or not he'll actually be able to stay healthy, that would scare the heck out of me if I was Shanahan. Because, I mean, he he tends to be a little bit more delicate. Here you go. Here come the Debo slander. It's not slander. It's not slander. I've never had a – hey, Joe, we've never mentioned the name Debo Samuel and Zay not mentioned injury. Never. Because he's never had a season that he wasn't injured. I think and, that's and, and, this, and this goes back to And this goes back to when? Let's hear it because you always say it. To high school. See, oh man, if, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that from you, <laughs> I'd be in Dubai right now. Stop me when I'm lying. That's all I can tell you. Man, this guy, he's you, Debo. Look, hey, we all have access to Google. I'm just hey, saying. Hey, Debo, send this man a signed jersey, man. You make it seem like I don't like Debo. That's not don't. the case. I do like Debo. I think he's a phenomenal talent. But again, find me the season where he didn't get hurt. That's all I'm saying. Sando. I think it's a I think it's a valid argument. Every time the name Debo comes up, you bring up an injury. Come on, stop yes. wishing bad on this man. This man I'm not wishing bad. I'm doing the same thing that I said with Henry. With that type of a workload, it's unlikely that he's going to make it through the season. I don't hope that that happens, but I'm telling you what happens to football players who normally get injured that you're heaping a ton of work on. and not. I mean, you have other receivers. You actually have running backs. You got Debo doing it all, and he's the one outside of Kittle on your team most likely to get hurt. I'm just, I mean – that that just is what it is. I mean, that that's not slander. That's just come on. Like like, what are y'all doing? Like like, why would you? The, the guy just came off of being on the injury report for two weeks straight. The, the previous game, he he could barely get anything done because of that calf injury, and that that was the game that Kittle kind of showed up. And now you go from that to him being the wide receiver one, the RB one. Hell, the quarterback three. I mean, shit. I mean, he, he can't take that kind of workload. It is what his history has shown. That's all I'm saying. You got Ooh. the uh, <laughs> you got the Saints and the Eagles going up against each other. This one is going to uh, be. Uh, it might actually be the closest spread out there. Uh, one and a half points. New Orleans is the underdog. A 43 point total on this. One. Man, let's get Smith going again. I I, I think Smith is going to really have a good game in this one. Jalen Hurts might be without Goddard. Yeah. So. We're looking on the other side of the ball. I just, I'm not feeling nobody. But Kamara, of course. If Kamara is Lattimore playing? Uh, dang, that's a good question. Um, La- he was questionable last time I checked, too. Because uh, Smith Smith may or may not be ready for Lattimore just yet. Right. I don't know. He, he got saucy last week. He did. He, <laughs> he put somebody really on skates. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, the Colts going up against the Bills. This is a seven-point spread um, with Indy being the underdog. A 50-point total in this one. This is one of the higher totals of the week. Um, Barry, what you like in this one? Man, this is, a, this is a measuring stick, I think, for the Colts to see where they're at. As a team, this is the team that you had to get past to get to that next level, that next step. Uh, Buffalo's been playing very well. I'm interested to see Jonathan Taylor. He's on a tear right now, but he's running into one of the better defenses we have in the NFL. So True. Let's see. But this is also probably the best offensive line in football. And if you see the holes that this boy's running through last week, I'm like, <laughs> damn, like you could drive a Winnebago through him. You know what I mean? So let's let's see if that trend continues. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for in this game. Of course, you still play Jonathan Taylor. You know, no, don't run away from the Bills defense. Anything, right. But 
And I'm also interested in seeing this Pittman and and my guy. What's my guy on the Bills? The corner. Oh, uh, was it White? Uh, yeah, yeah. My man White, that matchup there. That's going to be a real interesting one there. I want to see if Wentz is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field in this secondary because they're pretty tough. We got the Ravens going up against the Bears. This one is a four-and-a-half-point spread, 45-point over-under. The predicted score in this one is Baltimore 25 and Chicago 23. With this game, I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to go to the moon or it's going to be low, low, low. But I honestly don't have a finger on which way it's going to go. I just don't see it being in the middle uh, based on how these two teams are set up. Either the defenses are going to show up and stymie the other team's offense or they're going to run wild on each other. Oh, man. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, you know, usually this would be a real sluggish game, but the right. name doesn't doesn't match the production. Uh, the Ravens defense hasn't really been the Ravens we know. Chicago defense hasn't really been Chicago we know. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true. Uh, so I like Lamar Jackson. I guess you just like the guy that you like, the Lamar Jacksons, the Mark Andrews of the world. Just keeping an eye on this whole Marquise Brown situation and see if he goes. That's something to pay attention to. And let's just see if Justin Fields can continue to mature the maturation of him and see how that goes. Not really a fan of anybody offensive on this team. I do like Cole Komet because the Ravens are one okay. of the worst teams in the league against the tight end. So this is another DFS sneaky play. Um Cole Komet, he's also highly targeted by Justin Fields. Probably the highest target receiver on the team, if I'm not mistaken, even over Mooney and Allen Robinson. So I do like Cole Komet for the Bears in this game. Yeah, just give me Bateman in that matchup. I like this game to go under because I don't think the run is going to ever stop. This is probably going to be one of the fastest games in that one o'clock time frame. <laughs> I, I, I can see the clock just literally bleeding the entire time. So. Mm. Uh, that may be another reason why the fantasy points don't don't end up being up there because they didn't have quite as much time as other games like the one we're about to talk about now, the Packers versus the Vikings. This one is a, a 49 point over under, only a two and a half point spread with the Vikings being the underdog and the predicted score is Green Bay 23, Minnesota 21. I'm kind of feeling Green Bay in this one. I think Green Bay is going to put the rest of the league on notice that they should be the team that's being talked about as one of the favorites to win the conference and one of the favorites uh, in the playoffs. Their, their dogs are going to hunt. Um, Dylan is going to show that he should be a starter. Um, nothing against Aaron Jones, but I believe that Dylan is going to be, he's going to be the one to get them through some tough third downs, some unexpected catches, things of that nature. Uh, he's really going to put the NFL on notice that he's every bit as good as some of his league mates, uh, but he just hasn't had the same opportunity just yet. Kind of like to go Green Bay's way. I'm looking for Devontae to get you on. This is that big game. He faced his team last year, man. He just he, he told them boys a new you-know-what twice last year. Last year, uh, one game he had seven catches, only 53 yards, but he caught three touchdowns. And then the second game against him last year, he had 14 catches for 156 and two touchdowns. He had five touchdowns in two games last year. I like Devontae Adams a whole lot. Let's finally get that breakout game this year. We haven't seen it yet. A lot of us drafted Devontae in the first round this year in fantasy leagues. Right. He hasn't really given us that first round production. I think this is the game where he's able to get that done. I think this could be a high-scoring game, though. I could definitely see what What's the over-under in this one? 49 on this one. I could definitely see it going it's over that. I can see it going over that for sure. Roger should throw about four touchdowns this game. You know how he does those divisional games, those divisional teams anyway. We're going to see some discount double-check in this game. I think he's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, because I think you coming out, you know, 
coming off that COVID thing, he had a little cloud over him. But I think he's going to come back now and shake that thing off. I expect fireworks this game for the Packers. I can definitely see that. Yeah, the Bengals going up against the Raiders. This is actually the closest spread. It's only a one-point spread with the Bengals being the favorites. Um, so we have a 49-and-a-half-point total on this one. Joe, what you got? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm big on the Bengals this game. Just what I was saying earlier about Boyd, but I think this is a nice a nice place for uh, Burrow to get back on track. Uh, Ravens, oh, my God, they got their ass handed to them last week. I mean, I think just five weeks, so it's going to be another situation. I think Joe Mixon as well. As far as the uh, Raiders, I I just don't know. I want to give Waller to go. But like you said, Jacobs is definitely going to find the end zone probably twice in this game, both receiving and running. We have the Cardinals that are going to be going up against the Seahawks. This game has a two-and-a-half-point spread, a total uh, over-under of 48. And the predicted score is Arizona 23, Seattle 20. This one is another one of those divisional games, uh, and it's a pivotal game because Seattle – will be basically done for the year as far as playoff hopes are concerned if they lose to Arizona, which is one of the reasons why I can kind of see Tyler Murray wanting to get back and kind of cutting the head off of the snake. So, again, Fantasy Fiends, something I was talking about earlier, we did see how Russell Westbrook's coming off the hand injury. We seen yep. how he performed last week. He's not ready. That wasn't the rush that we accustomed to. The, the grip in the ball, something's not quite right there. If these guys lose, again – this is a team that may be out of it. What's the purpose? I could very well see him going back out, resting a little bit more. Because that hand, it don't seem like it's ready. And if you do have the the Metcalfs of the world, the Tyler Lockers of the world, Geno Smith is not the guy to help you get where you're going. He is not. So <laughs> if you got these skilled players, or maybe your trade deadlines before this week. So I don't know. It's maybe something you had to think about. But, but if, it's if you not. do have these <laughs> – Right. So if you do have these guys as your skill players, maybe you want to look to move on from them and grab one of these other guys getting hot. Look like Stefan Diggs is starting to turn the corner. So there's a couple guys that are starting to turn the corner that you may be even out job, Justin Jefferson. So maybe you can make some moves and grab some other receivers in your league. I like Arizona this game, of course. Uh, I just don't think Russ is ready, man. Yeah, he, just, he looked off. He yeah, looked off last Yeah, year, it sure. was it wasn't it wasn't there. I think he kind of rushed that. I even heard a uh a report came out when a physician said this injury usually takes a lot longer. But I guess you know, of course, I mean, you're an athlete and you you a dog, man. Right? You want to get you want to get there and help your team. So I understand completely. But he's he's definitely not ready. You got the Cowboys going up against the Chiefs. This has the definitely has the highest over under of the week at 56 points. Hmm. It is a two and a half point spread with Kansas City being the favorite. Honestly, I think it's pretty simple in this one. Start them if you got them, other than the defense. I'm run, I'm trying to wait to prize picks to open these lines up on these damn receivers because Amari, <laughs> Amari and Lamb about to go off. We got the Steelers going up against the Chargers. This one is a five-and-a-half-point spread with a over-under of 47. The predicted score is Pitt 22, the Chargers 24. This is one of probably my least favorite matchups only because you just don't know what you're going to get out of this matchup. Fancy, I'm. I think this is a good position for Keenan Allen to continue to assert himself. Mike is having some swelling issues with that knee. I think he's going to still go, but Keenan Allen is finally getting that rapport back uh, with Herbert. I think Eckler can finally find the end zone, even though last week looked heavily unlikely. On the other side of the ball, I, I keep going with Deontay. Deontay is my guy. Uh, I think he's going to have a good get right game. Hopefully, uh, Claypool is back in the fold too, and uh, Harris. 
I, I'm gonna go with Harris. I think he gonna go. He might get it done on the ground. We already know he does a receiver. I like it. I like it. The last matchup we have is the Giants going up against the Buccaneers. This one actually has a 11 point spread, uh, so it's one of the larger spreads of the week. Uh, 49 and a half point over under. Tampa Bay is obviously the favorite in this one. The predicted score is New York 14, Tampa Bay 34. Hmm. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, not a fan of anybody on the Giants, to be honest with you. I kind of like Daniel Jones, to be honest with you. Tampa Bay secondary is suspect, and they're going to be playing from behind from the first minute of the game. It is, but who is it going to be? Th- I mean, it's Sterling Shepard playing. He's game. supposed to be. He, he's on the mend right now, but he's supposed to be playing this week. Right. Tony's I, supposed to be playing this week. Okay. I don't know about Galladay. I mean, I guess it's okay to go with the pass catches of the Giants. Not a fan of Saquon Barkley if he is going to play. They were saying um, he was supposed to be back, but who knows? I mean, Not I a fan if he is back. I'm still not a fan going against his Tampa Bay front. Facts. Facts. Um, I do like everything on Tampa Bay from kicker down. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> just fire up the whole team. Because they came out of the box kind of sluggish. Yeah, you know they just that's abnormal for a Tom Brady led team as well. Yeah, they they didn't look engaged that game. I watched it. They just came out, you know, just blah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I look for them to get back uh, in the fold, and um, you just fire up all your Buccaneers that you can. The ones that's you know the main guys, the starters, and like I said, I'm not really a fan of the Giants. I think they're gonna probably get beat on this game because I think Tampa Bay gonna come out, you know, upset. Tampa Bay uh, secondary is horrendous, so. If so, I do like Shepard because he usually get a lot more of the volume when he's starting. But Kadarius Tony is clearly probably the best uh, pass option on this team. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So we are now going to announce our starts of the week. I'm going to throw my start out there first, and this is probably going to surprise you, Barry, more so than anyone else. But until he's hurt, Debo Samuel is the man. I got to go with Debo in this matchup this week. That's not surprising. Uh, you had again the mm-hmm. 49ers going up against the Jaguars. I can see this being another one of those games that he's just heavily utilized. So um, I'm standing the flames with him. And as my start of the week, I have Mr. Debo Samuel. My start of the week, man, I want to say it's the Ernest Johnson. And this is pretty much going off of Chubb the Chubb injury. Um, gotcha. I mean, he w- hasn't been activated yet. So it makes him kind of, you know, as of Wednesday, after knowing, because he hasn't been activated since then. It kind of makes him uncertain to play this Sunday. Facts. A lot of people are saying. So if Chubb sits, you definitely want to fight the earnest. He's going to get probably one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh, I do like him. There's another couple of guys on thought real quick. I do like Deontay Foreman. It does seem like he's the guy moving forward with the uh, Tennessee as far as being the guy they want to get the ball to. This is the 31st ranked run defense in the league in Houston. Playing against his old team, he's going to be motivated to go there. And lastly, wide receiver, I want to go with Elijah Moore. I like this guy. He has Flacco, a guy who like to push the ball downfield. Uh, the 20th worst against the pass in Miami. And their main corners, how it should be chasing around Corey Davis, which will put other corners in front of this guy. So he's been playing well of late. Three touchdowns in the last two games. And now the touchdown he caught last week was from Joe Flacco. So gotcha. And we all know how, you know, so let's let's go there. I think Elijah Moore would be that third guy for me that you definitely So we to. have Elijah Moore. We have Deontay Foreman and essentially we have the starting running back for Cleveland, whoever right. that ends up being. Um then we got Debo Samuel. All right, Joe, what you got? 
I'm just going to round it out with the Cowboys starting two receivers and uh, Lamb and Cooper <laughs> going against the Chiefs. We already know what time it is, and I just think it's going to be a nice little air raid attempt going on. And I think this is a good time, especially with the rate they've been hitting on. Cooper and Lamb are definitely going to find the end zone each. Probably Lamb to get the two out of the uh, the bunch. So those are my plays uh, definitely this week. And a live special for you guys. You get a little bit of insight in this. So, Barry, I sent you a trade offer yesterday. It wasn't bad. And, and I mean, I, I honestly thought that I was, I was not only paying up, but paying over. Right. I asked for, well, first of all, let me just explain <laughs> my situation, right? So, essentially, if I don't win this week, there is no playoffs. So, before I put out the trade, I, I just want you guys to understand that. In this so, essentially, you're Seattle Seahawks. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, in, in this league, I'm the Seattle Seahawks. And it's crazy because I'm in like 10 leagues. The league that the most trash will be talked for not making the playoffs is the only league that I'm not in the playoffs. And it's pissing me off to no end. But I digress. The offer was Cooper Cup and DeAndre Swift for Lamb and Dylan. Um, I also have Aaron Jones. So um, with that being said, my thought process was I fully expect Dylan to have a, a big week. I fully expect Lamb to have a big week. And since if I don't win this week, next, next week doesn't matter. And Cup is on a bye, although he has like, like I want to say, like close to 80 more fantasy points than Lamb. For this week, the life raft made sense. Explain why that trade didn't make sense on your end, especially when you're looking at uh, with Dylan Best case scenario, in a couple of weeks, he's probably looking at going back to being 50-50 with Jump. Now, one thing that you didn't mention in this trade also, you had the Baltimore Ravens defense for the Miami Dolphins defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. But but, but with that being said, you could have countered and took out the defense if that was the sticking point. I I forgot about that. Yeah, I let the trade like 4 o'clock in the morning. I went, took a bathroom break and uh, declined it. (laughs) But – uh. I didn't have a time to counter, but that was the tip. That was one of the tipping points in this trade. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, I'm not. I don't want to do that. So uh, if, it, if, it, if if we're removing the defenses, then we got a deal. Is that what, is that what I heard? I put it to you like this: I like it. It's pending in my mind, but okay. I want to see this news on Chubb and things like that, right? Because if you can't uh, you you can't afford to lose a game at the bottom. And and where I'm sitting at, I need to win. So if I can, if, if I know AJ Dillon, if, if I not get Ernest Johnson to play for me this week, then I may be more inclined to say, "Hey, here you go. You can take AJ." Okay, I got here's a guy the issue me. with that: the trade de- today is Thursday. The trade deadline is Saturday. What if it's a game time decision? I think no, 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 no. We'll know more by by Saturday because if this guy isn't practicing by Friday, they're not going to start Chubb. On Sunday, he didn't practice it. No, they're not going to do that. So okay. I think I we you. know more by Friday. But so, still- so, so by Friday afternoon, we, we kind of know whether or not the Ernest is the man for the right. Week. Right. I got you. Okay. Right. And Fair you know, enough. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. And but also now another thing I was looking at, I do love Lamb schedule down the stretch in comparison to Cooper Cup. And I know oh, I don't Cup. care about schedule as it pertains to Cup. Uh, well, I do. I joke. I get it, but uh, I yeah. do. He's matchup proof. Yeah, there but, aren't very many corners but, out there other but, than Ramsey that I would, and he's on the same team with him. So I mean, yeah, CD Lamb got Washington twice. Okay, 
we got the Giants and the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals I mean, actually have a pretty good defense. Though. That's cool. And then Cup, you know, down the stretch, you got Seattle, who's pretty good. They ain't gonna be he, playing for nothing. He got, but, but go I mean, but Minnesota, he, Seattle did good against them this year. They did pretty decent. But, uh, but at that point in the season, they won't be playing for anything. Like you were saying, they're gonna be sitting most of the starters, probably yeah. uh, uh, Wilson, namely, um, if they lose this week. So and uh, Baltimore. So you got some pretty tougher. It, he got it, some tougher games. It can't be tougher. You just said Baltimore was bullshit five minutes ago. That's, that's against the tight end. The tight end, sir. You said Baltimore's <laughs> defense ain't what they used to be, and then I mean, Joe brought out the point that they've been no, getting like seventy something yards. What I'm saying is, when you think of these names, right? You say, you know, you think about throw me a damn life raft, bro. Damn. See that? See, hey, Joe. See, that's what it comes down to. But guess what? That's the thing, right? This is this is somebody I probably don't want to see later, right? That's right. So it's like, what later. do you do? Should I just but, go ahead and shoot, shoot him in the head? But I'm saying, real uh, but, quick, Joe, what do you think about the trade? So I know Zay tactics, and I think <laughs> I remember most of the trade. To me, it's a lateral move. Like All I right. don't think I think you right. say, like he is it an on? Did he did he pay up more than he used? How's he it lateral though? When he that, there, you, there you go, Joe. After, there you, after there you go, Joe. There you go. I like that. See, Joe so knows that, you. Norm, he's paid up more than what he normally would pay. Right. But it is definitely a lateral move. Right. It is one of those situations where. You could regress, but at the same time, is so it let me let me make sure I hear this correctly. I'm offering the number one wide receiver in football, in fantasy football, and a starter that is a pass catching back that's going to be fully involved in the game from quarter one to the end, versus a guy that in two weeks will be splitting carries again, and 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 you saying that that's not paying up. No, 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 no. We already, well, number one, we already spoke about the Detroit situation, right? So who knows what a nigga going to get out of Swift? That's number one. Number two, yeah, you got the number one receiver in fantasy football. Okay, make it mix oh, in oh, oh, that's oh, how you now, feel. Now, 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 let me finish. Yeah, he's the number one receiver in football, but guess what? He's at home this week, and you need to win this week. So him being the one. Which to move him. No, That's the right. only reason I'm right. winning the money. So number one doesn't help you at all. So I don't want to hear the number one speech. Don't don't take that little foam finger and stick it in the air for me right now because it doesn't <laughs> help you right now. You know what I mean? You got to win right now. Him being number one means absolutely nothing. It means a lot. And it AJ means, Dillon is more of a likelihood a- of, of you winning when you get to the playoffs. And AJ Dillon is a. You worry uh, about what's in my Kool Aid instead of what's in yours? No, I'm not. I'm not worried about what's in your Kool Aid. But you're not on my door. I was sitting in my couch. I was sitting on my uh, lazy boy with a cup of uh, a cup of tea, puffing the cigar, and you, you know not on my door selling me. No you trying to come uh, sell me something? You that know about I mean? wraps up everything we got for you this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Holla at me on Friday, man. We might get the deal done. Tempo, tempo. We'll, we'll we'll see what's what. See, this this is we try to keep it. A certain level of decorum and professionalism doing most shows, but this is kind of how we we go back and forth. And Joe, come on, bro. I mean, Joe, man, like, like Joe, you I like love you. you. Hey, Joe, I love you, boy. I love you because you. That's a fact. Hey, like you say, it, this is more than he. And that's the thing about it too, Joe. This is paying up for him. Like you say, this that's is paying up for anybody. No, no, this, no, no, this, no, yes. no, no, no. Yes, these no, are no, the paying up for anybody. Joe, 
If you I send a trade what, that he sent me throw, the day, throw it in the throw it no. in, a, in, in, a, in a trade calculator. That's a that's an objective opinion. Okay. And then tell me that the trade calculator said not, that they ain't panning. I got something for your calculator, Joe. This guy sent me Adrian Peterson and Taysom Hill for Javante Williams or something the other day. If you could see but how fast you, he, he, oh, asked, he asked for a quarterback though. So and, Taysom and, Hill and don't he, even play. Neither was Flacco when you picked him up. I mean, so I mean, it was up. Uh, you had several quarterbacks Joe, on your team that were playing. Now you so see I'm the justification. Now you see how to justify that. Adrian Peterson and Taysom Hill for Javante Williams. Also taking into account at that point in time, we thought that Peterson was going to be the starter for the Titans. So it ain't like we I knew then what we no. know today. No, this was no. He already played one week after you sent this. He already played one week. Yeah, already. one week. How? how come on, again, bro. Joe. And he scored a touchdown in that game. Adrian Peterson and Taysom Hill for Javonta Williams. If you could see how fast my finger hit the reject button, I mean, as soon as the trade came in, my hand was on reject. Like as soon as it came in, I don't want to talk no more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, um, if you're trying to hit us up, find us on IG at Fantasy Football Fiend on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend family. Facebook group. We will be letting you know on Monday how it all went down and what went down if they ended up being a trade. Because Vander, one thing about them, if the trade makes sense, even if it helps the person that is is in the on the opposite side, he's still gonna do what makes sense for his team. And, and I just have a, a a suspicion that there's a some sort of a counter that we can I work on that you can't stop the rain. <laughs> you can't stop the rain. All I'm going to say is don't let me mess around and win without making the trade and get to keep Cooper Cup. We streaking. Hey. We streaking. I'm going to tell you like that man told the guy I'm taking. Good luck. <laughs> and with that, we out. <laughs>